0: Welcome
1: to the Life and Rhythm podcast, where we hope to equip rhythm communities to be formed by God, with one another, for the good of others, in the valley as it is in heaven. Welcome back to episode four of the Life and Rhythm podcast. Good to be with you, Adam.
0: Good to be with you too, man. (laughs) It sounded like you were like, just going to soothe us with your voice here.
1: I might. I'm thinking about it. I'm also thinking about continuing this definition of Rhythm Community Church.
0: Mm, Let's do that. That
1: we've been spending, this is our third week on it. Yeah. And so let me just remind everyone that the entire definition is that Rhythm Community Church exists to equip the diverse rhythm communities that are fixing their eyes on Jesus, taking him up on his invitation to rest and recover their life, walking and working with him on mission as they learn to live freely and lightly for the good of others. And this week, we're going to focus on this part of the definition, that these communities are relationally connected and united around core theological convictions, the Nicene Creed, the Cape Town commitment, and they share the same dream to see God's kingdom come in the valley as it is in heaven. So I just want to start this little talk by saying a prayer Mm. and saying very simply, Father, you're with us, you're nearby, and you're also above us, and we want to treasure you. We want you to be the delight of our life, and we want to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. May this conversation move the ball forward, and helping us be relationally connected. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, brother, you know, but I want everyone else to know, that the reason you and I crafted this to say these communities are relationally connected is that I believe all of Jesus' life and his ministry was relationally driven. Mm -hmm. And I want Rhythm Community Church to be relationally driven, Communally, personally, you know, uh, the phrase that we use sometimes is that we're small enough to care for one another. And yet we're big enough to dare yeah. big things yeah. for God's glory and the good of others. So tell me in your own words, Adam, how you would like to see these communities relationally connected and how are they relationally connected right now? And how is that different from maybe how a traditional church in America is connected where they come together for an hour on a Sunday morning and they sing songs together and they hear a sermon. I want to make sure we don't downplay that or curse that in any way. That's a good thing that a lot of churches are doing. But beyond that, what is our dream for Rhythm Community Church to become the kind of place that's relationally connected beyond that hour? Which I would say most most churches that I know that meet on Sunday mornings, that that's the thing, they want to see that too.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, there's there's so much that we could t- say about, um, about that. And I, I hope that we can go through this episode uh giving clarity on what that looks like because we came from as we've told our story before we came from a very sunday centered um you know model and where everybody came together on a sunday morning and the reality is you know america is not uh, going to church more often. In fact, it's becoming less and less frequent that people actually attend a church. So the average is, I think, like one point three or one point four times a month that people are coming. It's probably less than that now. Yeah. And so, you know, to have it be just a, a thing that I go to, not just once a week, but once a month, and that that's what defines my relational connect, you know, connectivity or connection is is really flat. You know, when it comes to actually being authentically me and being known and seen and loved. And and so and I think there's a sense of vulnerability and accountability and and all those things that I'd love to walk through. But really what I'd love to see is that our communities, first and foremost, the individual communities, the four communities that we have currently. So uh, as this is aired on in November of 2020, we have four distinct communities that are meeting uh, primarily in the East Valley area. Um, and so those four communities are being relationally connected outside of a Sunday experience, outside of a watch party or a huddle that they're doing life together. So, our, my hope is that that's happening more and more. And if it's not happening, then the question is, how can we make that happen uh, in a in a more fulfilling way? Yeah. Where I'm being seen. I say this a lot: is proximity creates passion, whereas distance creates distortion. And so it's really easy for me to attend something and be somebody different than what I truly am. you know. And so those intimate spaces, those accountable spaces, those personal spaces in my life really matter a great deal on, on how people are perceiving me and knowing me and seeing me. So I say all that to just say this, that those relational spaces in our life um, have such a huge weight yeah. where we're actually being with people for the good of others, that we're with one another for the good of others outside of a one hour. That's not going to be expressed fully in a one hour period of time. Can
1: you talk through the, uh, the? I think it's four or five social spaces. It, it, there's a book that Adam and I walked through with our friend, Kevin Platt, uh, who helps lead one of the Missio Day communities downtown yeah. Mesa. It's called, The book's called uh, The Church's Movement. And it's a workbook trying to help people reimagine what the church is. That you know, it's centered around the person and work of Jesus, and um, that it has to do with worship and community and mission. And that is the church. We are the church. It's a, it's a family. It's an identity. It's not just an act. It's not an activity. It's not mm-hmm. an event. And so, one of the one of the chapters in there talks about belonging in different spaces. And so would you walk through that a little bit? I think that's a really helpful tool.
0: It absolutely is. And so the public spaces, and and I want to say this before I dive into the numbers, I think what can happen very easily is you can have a public space be like where I'm just, I'm just there present, um, be in in any one of these, it's more, it's less about the number and more about the intention. Yeah. Right. And And your engagement within these spaces. Yes. So public space is 70 plus people. So I'm visible. Um, so that's a big, you know, big gathering. Yeah. Uh, goes into then social space is the next one. Pause just yeah. for a
1: second. So can, just so to help people imagine this in their head. So
0: the public space, so, 70 more. So what is that yeah, for so you? Our,
1: Not what it could be, but what is that for you I, right now?
0: I love the, um, the image that came to my mind. Uh, this is from our friends from KC Underground, Brian Johnson, he talks about it being like, you're going, you're going to a football game. Right. So yes. it's, so I'm in the stadium. This is a public space. Like there's some unity around that. Like if you've ever been to a sporting event, you know, you're, you, you'll chest bump and like high five <laughs> people, total strangers, you know, because <laughs> they're wearing the team, same colors. Yeah. They're yes, wearing you. the same colors that, you know. The team, you know, score the points and did so the things, right? So that's a good right? example of public space. So, yeah, it's like we're connected, we're for one another in terms of, like, you know, we're there. But, like, you're not going to, in that public space, you're not going to, like, chest bump and high five the guy that's, like, you just met. And then sit down, like, at halftime and be like, yo, bro, like, um, I'm really having a hard time with my marriage. <laughs> like, just awkward, like, that's an awkward like you're not like, the correct space. Yes. It's not. So that's where it gets a little, little crazy. But the, going into like the social spaces, at 20 to 50, that's going to be more of like the tailgate before the game. You yeah. know, you're going to invite some people along. Like, you know, you kind of know a bunch of people around, but you may not know everybody. And so that may be like if you're having a hard time with your marriage, that may be a space where you're like, you just sort of nudge at that. You know, maybe talk about like, hey, how are you doing with week. your family? Yeah. yeah. It's like, you're going to have more of those kinds of conversations in that social space. That's not, um, that's not uncommon. It's not awkward to be able to do that. And so the, that that's a space, a social space is more of that, again, the tailgating space, 20 to 50 people, you're having a good time, you're sharing you know, a bond, you're, you're basically invited in because you know somebody that knows somebody. So there's a lot of relational overlap there. Um, and so, yeah, anything you would say about that?
1: No, I mean, I'm just imagining that uh, for us right now, for my wife and I, Jen and I, when I think about public spaces for us, you know, the stadium, I think about Rhythm Community Church. There's a larger extended family that we're yeah. a part of, that we know, and that we're relationally connected to in yeah, a public space absolutely. way. Or even our CrossFit gym that we go to. Like, there's over a hundred people there. Absolutely, we can't know everybody there, and we do high five each yeah. other, and we <laughs> yeah. we sweat together. And that. So I'm just trying to break it down into reality of how this could work out, or absolutely. maybe it's your office that you work in, or the office, you know work for a massive corporation. It's just the people on your floor. There's over 70 people there that you may be connected with. It's on your team. And then, yeah, the tailgate piece might be the people that live on our street that we see, you know, these are 20 to 50 people that we see more regularly that we tailgate with, so to speak.
0: Yeah. And I would say for the, you know, going back to the public space, how it, how it is expressed through Rhythm Community Church is uh, through a variety of ways, you know, we'll have events throughout the year, like the last event that we did. I'm just staring at the trophy here, I'm but we at the had the annual too. golf tournament, Rhythms' inaugural tournament. That who won that? I you know it's it's hard <laughs> to say who won, um, but I think it was my team. I
1: think it was too,
0: and uh, and so we're gonna gloat for at least a year here.
1: Congratulations, buddy!
0: I have this almost like on a mantle in my <laughs> living room right here, just for all to see humble beginnings. Um, so it's events, you know, it's, it's things that are very, so that was a very outward focus, like, Hey, we want to bring a bunch of guys together, you know, have a lot of fun, bring in whoever, you know, friends and, and things like that. Um, but also our monthly gatherings are that, so these equipping gatherings that we're inviting a bunch of people into, uh, be able to hear a common, um, you know, uh Message or or you know a a word you know that we can all sort of rally behind, and we're all together in this. So it's like you know it's like a team. It's it's and it's bigger. It's bigger than like a basketball team that's five on five, but it's like it's a bigger team. Like it's like a football team that's yeah. you know the NFL rosters is, is that it's a, it's a big team made up of a lot of different subgroups like offensive team, defense team, special teams, and even within that you know you have your offensive line that's. Like they're going to have a bigger bond and a more, um, they're going to have, you know, they're in the trenches together. And so that's, anyway, I'm mixing metaphors here, but that's how (laughs) public space going into social space. And and I would say this, this is our rhythm communities, that this is the extended spiritual family. So your social spaces are this 20, sometimes 20 to 50 people, depending on, again, this is where it doesn't really matter about the. Number as much as the intention and the engagement, but you think about we're small enough to care and big enough to dare. Like this is that social space. Like we're small enough, I care about those twenty people. I know their story. They don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. I'm like, I'm big enough. Like we're twenty people or fifty people get together, they could change a neighborhood. They yeah. could change a landscape of of you know whatever they put their hearts and minds into. Right, and that's a really really cool thing. Then going into that that personal space, but it's not it's inadequate. If it just stays there at the social mm-hmm. space, right, like, yeah, I'm gonna share what's a little bit of what's going on with my marriage, but I'm not gonna unveil unveil the whole thing, right? I'm not gonna talk about these most vulnerable things in a group of fifty people. Just not gonna happen. And so often that's where churches often they just get there. They have maybe the public space and then it's like, okay, I have this small group or my church is this size. I have 20 people. I'm I'm in proximity-ish on a Sunday morning or when I want to be on a Wednesday night or whatever it may be. But when it comes to my personal space, I don't have people over very often. Like I'm not sharing my table with them. And then therefore I'm not sharing my life with them. And that's where those personal spaces start to get a little bit vulnerable. You know, you're starting to really express like... So it goes from, hey, it's really awkward if you share anything about your wife at the public space and the arena to, yeah, you may want to share a little bit at the mm-hmm. tailgate to, man, you might... This might be the space where you, you just invite a group of guys over to watch the game in your living room. Yeah, And so, how about how
1: many people is that?
0: So that's five to 12 people. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's this personal space where it may be there where I'm actually unpacking a lot of what's going on this season of life. Um, and here's why marriage and life is so hard right now, and and here's where you know me and my wife are a little bit off, mm-hmm. and so that's a that's a normal space to be able to do that with trusted people that you have in that personal space, um, again in the living room, you know, hanging out, watching the game together, uh, and so I would say this that, that you know that space really, um, I think we could be transparent in that space. Uh, so transparency is where I still have control, mm-hmm. um, but I think this intimate space is where I go from transparency to vulnerability and true
1: accountability
0: and true accountability. And that space is where I don't have I don't have control. And that's why i like what? allowing people three to
1: four people to max. That.
0: Yeah, so that's two two, two to, to four. three. Yeah, yeah, two to
1: four. Okay. So again, just just for uh, as you were listening, trying to clarify this, think about this in terms of the life of Jesus, the public space being the areas in his ministry where he dealt with crowds. The social space, maybe being around 72 disciples that we know he sent out, Matthew 10, Luke 10. Like he's got around 72 people around him. Then we've got the 12 apostles. Yeah. But then within the 12, we have three, Peter, James, and John. Yeah. He, he had all of these different social spaces, spaces engaged in mm-hmm. his own life. And I believe that he modeled for us what... Full the full expression of humanity should be. He, Absolutely. when you look at his life, it, that it, he's the most brilliant liver of life of all time. And so, as we look at his life, he had all these spaces. And then, the one that you and I love the most, even beyond that intimate space with two yeah. to
0: three or two to four, Jesus being fully God. Pulled away from pulled away everyone, from,
1: even from Peter, James, and John, to have a what we would call divine space between mm-hmm. him and the Father. We see him in Luke chapter five. It says Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to be with his Father yeah. to pray. And so, if all these spaces are activated, we give you that just so that y'all know when we say communities are relationally connected. Here are the spaces in which they are relationally connected. And we believe that the the mission of God, you know, seeing God's kingdom come in the valleys, is in heaven. Will be hindered without this kind of unity.
0: Absolutely, that's
1: why Jesus spends so much time in John chapter seventeen praying for us to be one, to be unified as the Father is one. But we don't want to put any false expectations of community. Like you're going to be best friends with 72 people right. and they're all going to know your intimate yeah. details. That's not going to happen. And you shouldn't. You're, no, and people are getting this mixed up in our, in our culture today. They're posting things that should be shared with your intimate space with two to three people, the appropriate space, and they're doing this on Facebook right. or Instagram because they don't have an outlet for it. and and legit God bless them. Like God empower those people to find the kind of community where they don't have to do that digitally. They can do that in an intimate space or even the divine space where it's meant to be hashed out. Those really deep, dark things.
0: Yeah, man, there's, there's a ton of things that are spinning in my mind. And I think, um, going back to the divine space is if I'm not connected to the father, then every other space is incomplete. Yeah. I am a um, I'm a lesser version of myself in those spaces when I'm not connected to the Father. Yeah. When I'm not connected to Jesus as Lord, again going back to our our definition, is that if I'm not fixing my eyes on Jesus, then I can't adequately have that personal space. I'm only going to share what I want or think what I or, or excuse me, I, what I'm trying to say is I'm only going to share what I think others want to hear, right? Yeah. Not what's going to be best for me and being closer to Jesus and closer to one another or loving God and loving others.
1: Yeah. Going back to what we said uh, in the last podcast that, you know, Jesus says, I do what I see the Father doing. So his actions come from a place of intimacy with his Father. Mm-hmm. I, I not only say what the Father is saying, but I, I say it how the Father wants me to say it. It reminds me of our invitation in John chapter 15, where Jesus calls us to abide in him in that divine space. And out of that, to bear much fruit mm-hmm. for God's glory and the good of others. And if we have that divine space, we're able to, like you're saying, interact freely and more of ourselves, becoming more of ourselves in Christ in yeah. those different spaces. And so I, I just think this is huge because Rhythm Community Church is not going to thrive without life together, legitimate yeah. life together, stemming from a place with the Father. And also another thing that will destroy our community is, is lies, false truth about who God is in that divine space, as well as who we are in light of who God is, which is why we said, you know, the Nicene Creed, which is around 325, uh, it actually started on my birthday in 325, that's how I remember that, June 19th, 325. And then it was, you know, it has to do with Trinitarian, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Here are a summation of truths through Genesis to Revelation that we can all agree on. These are hills, that we would die. And we encourage you, That's in the show notes. You can go back and see why the Nicene Creed still matters yeah. today, as well as the Cape Town commitment. And I could talk about this for way too long. So I'm yes. going to try not to. Yeah, please
0: don't. Can I just say? But we, yeah, I, I do want to say this before you yes, jump in. Yes, please. Is that we will, we're going to be, no, I think it's great. I think what everyone needs to hear is that we're going to unpack this in later episodes. Yes. So we're going to unpack the Nicene Creed and why we're using that. Um, outside of that brief explanation that Matt just gave, and then the Cape Town Commitment is, you know, it's it's pretty lengthy, and so but we want to go through it in 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 a way that's honoring that and and really capturing the why behind it. But go ahead and, and give us a summation of what why we're using that, what it is exactly.
1: Yeah, so the Cape Town Commitment, if you just go to, I think it's Lausanne. Uh, talking about Lausanne, Switzerland, that's L A U. S-A-N-N-E.
0: Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. .org. As well.
1: Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. But the Luzon movement started in 1974 with Billy Graham, John Stott, Francis Schaeffer, these theological giants, you know, that were really reaching so far beyond the United States in terms of gospel like proclamation embodiment. These guys were having an impact in Asia and South Africa and Australia and all over the place, you know, South America. And they got together in 1974 to say, okay, how do we bring the whole church together so that we're proclaiming and embodying the whole gospel to the whole world? That was, kind of, that was one of their statements, you know, all of the gospel, all of the church for the whole world. And so they got together and they came up with, here's the Lausanne Covenant. These are things that we agree on, like the Nicene Creed. Here's a summation of Christian beliefs that make us distinct from Islam, distinct mm-hmm. from Mormonism, distinct from all the other religions out there. Like these are hills that we would die on. And if we don't get this right, it will hinder the whole church with the whole gospel reaching the whole world. Yeah. And so they came up with that in 1974. 15 years later, 1989, they met again in Manila, Philippines, and they came up with the Manila Manifesto, where it's 21 affirmations of the Lausanne Covenant, 1974. And then fast forward another couple decades to 2010, they met in Cape Town, South Africa, and Hmm. they came up with the Cape Town commitment. And in that, they walk through, man, this is how we love God. Here's how we love other people. And if if it was to put on like a Word doc, it would probably be, I think, around 40 pages long, but it walks through all the hot topics that churches stumble over in Hmm. ministry. Like, man, how what's our view of women in leadership? Guess what? You can go to the Cape Town Commitment and see how in 2010, how over 4,000 Christian leaders, you know, from Almost 109, 200 country, yeah. Yeah, 198 different countries, Dang. how they view women in leadership. So no longer are we just having these little discussions in our rhythm communities, you know, and siloing our perspective. We're widening them to the global church and saying, well, how do they deal with women in leadership? What's their view of sexuality? What about biotechnology? What about art <laughs> What about media? What about all these different worldviews? Like, it is it is forty one pages of a summation of this is a really good way to make sure that the gospel and the, our dream of seeing God's kingdom come in the valley as it is in heaven that it's not hindered. Yeah. And like you said, we're gonna go through that more in depth, but you can access that now. You can look through it now and know, like, man, what's Matt and Adam's position? What's Rhythm's position? Well, like we would say, we're not gonna go. On, man, we're not smart enough to come up with those 41 pages? <laughs> Why would we recreate the wheel when these 4,000 Christian leaders already did it for us and we can submit to a larger, older, wiser body of Christ, the global, so that the whole church can take the whole gospel to the whole world?
0: Yeah, and I, man, it, there's just so many opportunities there that are just beyond a isolated Rhythm Community Church central location, um, and I mean, what I what I mean by that is, when you were talking about it, I'm like, man, these are this is 200 countries, almost 200 countries, 4,000 Christians coming together and and being able to be unified around that, right? Uh, I again going back to kind of our political and cultural landscape right now, it's like I don't know, if we can't agree on hardly anything. It seems like, right? You know, let alone agree on you know these big doctrinal truths. These absolute truths that we're gonna sort of rally behind. And so it just gives me, it gives me hope and it gives me a perspective that it's beyond just having somebody come to my church, right? Or building my church up versus the church down the street. It really does hopefully eventually unhinder. The growth of the gospel, not by a, a particular brand or location or uh, you know tribe, but it's like it's connecting all of those together and saying, "Can we agree upon this?" Yeah. And so I think about like my friends and and people in the valley that I, we're connected with, and and it's like, hey, I, I can't give up and and don't want to give up on my church. It's like, I oh, great. Like continue to be connected with. Your church, and there's a lot of incredible churches out there that we affirm and that we're supporting and that we partner with. Um, the Surge Network is is been a huge blessing for us, yep. and is connected with, you know, I don't know how many different hundreds of churches all around the valley, um, and so that's just a huge opportunity for us to say, hey, this is not about Rhythm Community Church and our brand, but it's how can we best support and come alongside our 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 spiritual family. Yeah. To be able to actually see this, this thing, this dream, come to life. To say God's kingdom is coming in the valley as it is in heaven. Yeah, it's going to take beyond just our Rhythm Community Church. It's going to take a partnership with believers that say, "Hey, we believe in we believe in this." Yeah, and we're with you. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah,
1: and if it's cool with you, um, I would love to close this podcast out by praying the prayer that's at the end of the Cape Town commitments, very short. It's just one sentence Mm. that just simply, and so if you all would pray this with us, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and on the sole foundation of faith in God's infinite mercy and saving grace, we earnestly long and pray for a reformation of biblical discipleship and a revolution of Christ-like love. We make this our prayer and we undertake this, our commitment for the sake of the Lord we love and
0: for the sake of the world that we serve in his name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Life in Rhythm podcast. We are on mission to live freely and lightly with one another for the good of others. Peace.